Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 133 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is Ask Us Anything and joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the open book who is T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. T.B. is sounding a bit croaky today, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not even going to ask you how you are because I can hear it in your fragile voice. It's been a fun couple of days. I'm, I'm battling a sinus infection and if anyone's ever had one of those, they know it's just... Can I say fucking miserable? Like uh, within like the first minute of the episode, can I just start saying fuck, fuck, fuck? <laughs> you can do whatever you like today. I'm not going to piss you off. <laughs> I did warn you again. I was like, by the way, I'm even crankier this time around than the last time. Yeah, so I'm uh, battling a little bit of a sinus infection, so not having a fun time. But I do have some good news. Are you ready for some good news? I am. I am. I'm, ast- I'm amazed and I'm ready. I'm just back from T- P-Town where I had a book signing at Women's Crafts and um, Jackie, a fan of the show, came in to say hi. And Jackie has a message for you, Claire. Are you ready for it? I am ready. Toot toot! <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. Who doesn't love a toot toot? Uh, and we all need one. I- I'm loving that toot toot is this like taking the world by storm. Yep. Everyone by... just wants a toot toot. <laughs> by storm. It's taken over P-Town, first P-Town, then Boston, then the world. It was lovely to meet Jackie, and she made my day. So um, thank you very much for stopping in to the uh, book signing. I have other book signing news. So the key word in this phrase, book signing, is signing. I completely forgot to bring a fucking pin. It's like I'm an amateur or something. I'm, I, I think I'm so out of practice from interacting with um, or doing author events that I was just like so baffled that um, not only did I have to bring books, but also a pen. So luckily for me, Jamie Moody, who was also in my book uh, signing slot, it was me, Miranda McLeod, Nancy Ann Healy, and Jamie Moody. But Jamie had merch with her name on pins, and so I signed my books with a Jamie Moody pin. So I want to thank Jamie for saving my buttocks on that one because um i was unprepared completely well well done jamie and um uh, pens with her name on she's got she's got merch game yeah i thought that was a nice little touch i have like bookmarks and stuff but um well i I do not have tv markinson or iheartlessfig pens i might have to do that for the next event who knows who Mm -hmm. knows i'm still recovering for this one so i can't even think about what the next one's going to be. Also, at P-Town, I took part in an indie event, and I'm happy to report I survived my book reading. I think we all know how I feel about book readings. In case you don't know, if if this is your very first time tuning in to Lesbians Who Write, uh, thank you very much for tuning in, and I just have to be upfront about this. I fucking hate book readings. (laughs) I hate them. Um, so I survived, but it was wonderful meeting other authors, some authors I had not met in person yet, so that's always nice to do, and it's always uh, lovely to interact with readers. Those are the parts I enjoy, standing in front of a group of people reading a book in my monotone voice, because I'm not an actor at all. I don't have the drama skills needed or anything, so um, I apologize for the book reading portion, <laughs> but it was nice meeting everybody. 
You know, I think you probably sell yourself a little bit short because I have been on stage with, or I don't know if we've actually been on stage, but I've seen you on stage and you're quite engaging. So don't sell yourself short, but anyway. Was I doing a book reading though? No, maybe you were answering questions. I'm more um, human <laughs> and like the answering questions part. I'm very robotic with book readings. Okay. And um, it goes back to like my whole childhood where I hated reading things in public because I stumble on words and everything, so I have to really, really focus. I, I just think this is going to be the last time I sign up for a book reading. I don't I don't enjoy them. I don't think the people who are watching me enjoy it. I just think I need to put the world out of their misery and not do another book reading. Well, you know, we are on a, a two-woman crusade, aren't we, to um, shake up the author event and stop book readings as a, as a point of principle. So, anywho, but since I have not been feeling 100% on the work front, my work uh, has involved watching a lot of movies and sleeping. That's what I've been doing since I got back. So I don't have a lot to update you on. So how's everything going on your side of the pond? Hopefully a bit better. Yes, uh, it is da, 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 launch week for Change of Heart. Hooray! Hooray, hooray. So um, it should be up. This is going out on October 25th. So it should be up on Kindle hopefully by today um so this one is my fake relationship with a twist um and it's got a bit of humor quite a lot of heart and uh because i am the queen of british lesbian romance somebody once said that so i took it and ran with it um it's guaranteed it's going to leave you breathless that's what my blurb says tb so uh, it must be true right absolutely do you have that printed on the t-shirt queen of what was it i'm sorry Queen of British Lesbian Romance. I should, right, shouldn't I? There's so many things we have to get printed on a t-shirt. Yeah, you should just, like, every time you have to introduce yourself, just say that. That's what you are. And then, like, you really, you know, like, reinforcement. And then everyone will start saying it. And yes. then it will literally become true. I know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... for someone who is uh, getting ready to publish, I have to be honest, you seem very calm. I am very calm. Uh I am very calm. I'm sure. I'm sure it will really, you know, uh, overtake me this week. But I feel quite calm about this release, which is weird, isn't it? But I was just listening to a radio show today, and it was uh, going on about the chimp paradox. Uh, have you heard of that? The chimp paradox. I, if I have, I've completely forgotten. So let's okay. just pretend I know nothing. Well, I'm not going to explain it now. Maybe it's something we can come back to in a future podcast. But basically, it's talking about get, gaining your validation from internal uh, stuff rather than external stuff. And so like, I remember when I had uh, some um, light, uh, sort of business coaching and uh, the guy who did that with me, he just said, you know, you, it, your success is not doesn't come from um, how well your book does. It comes from how happy you are with the book when it goes out. And I am as happy as I can be, i.e. pretty happy with this. And I, I've got that sort of zen feeling about it that, uh, you know, it may do well, it may not do well, but I'm feeling good about it. And so um, I've got, I like the blurb, I like the cover, so I've done as much as I can to this point. So there you go. I am feeling all right about it. I'm very impressed by how zen-like you're going right now. Because, like, honestly, until you said it, I forgot that you were launching something because you just, even during our pre-talk before we started recording you you're very calm mm. so well done you I'm i am not this calm no. at all when it's 
<laughs> I am feeling calm. But do you know what? It's it's a weird one, right, as well, this book, because it's my first standalone of the year. Um, and that is kind of crazy when you think about it. I've released two books in the London Romance series this year. As we know, uh, series but later books in a series don't have as big a reach. But my business has just kept plodding along, which kind of goes to show that, you know, you don't need big hitting books every single year to make a living at this game, which we know we've said before uh, but it's good to emphasize again right I mean last year I sold more books than I ever have this year I'll probably sell about two-thirds of that figure you're gonna have really busy years and you're gonna have not so busy years and I'm you know this this year other things have taken over but I suppose that's why I'm I don't know maybe but I am I am very excited about this one because you know I'll say it's my first standalone so it should be good and it's launch week and it's exciting to get it out into the world finally I just hope readers like it I'm sure they will. I have also finished the audio proofing of Big London Dreams. Go me. And you know what I did? Uh, Previously, I've maybe done like an hour or two a day. But this time around, I sat in a chair and did the rest in one go. So I don't know if you remember, I'd done a third of it before I went on holiday. So I had like about six and a half, seven hours of it to go. So I just sat in a chair one day and did the whole lot. And I really got into it, I think, because I was like, you know, I was immersed in the story and the narrator, Claire Story, did a really good job. And do you know what, TB? I actually enjoyed it. I actually had a nice day. Like, you know, because I got into the story and I thought she really got the characters and like the her, the way she read it, I, I had some chills when I was listening back to it. I, and I didn't think once, oh God, that's a shit line. Oh, I could have written that better. I was just immersed in the story. So I think maybe I've turned a corner on audio briefing or maybe it's just, or maybe this is the way to do it. Immerse yourself. I just can't do that. I don't know why. I usually only, I usually only listen to um, two or three chapters at a time or I've just been paying someone to uh, proof it for me. So, but um, I'm glad it worked out for you. I think that, like when you said that, I literally wanted to throw up. Not anything about your story, but no, I was no. just like, oh my god, that sounds like oh, the worst day possible. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should do it that way. Who knows? You know, I was still putting it off forever and ever. You know, like it was. I had a, a to-do list last week, and uh, it was the last thing I did. <laughs> I did it on. It was all day Friday in a chair listening to my audiobook. Um, but yeah, it worked. So it's done. So um, there was a few corrections. So um, my narrator, when I got back to her, she was on a beach in um, in some Caribbean island. So hopefully she'll be doing it when she gets back. But that's nice. It was I found comfort in the fact that she was on a Caribbean island. Somebody should be. Can I be? Well, it sounds really hot and that's not really good with sinus infections. Where is a good place for sinus infections besides bed? Probably just bed. Bed. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a bed on a Caribbean island. I don't know. Um, so in, in exciting, so non-work uh, news, um, tonight I am going to the Kindle Storyteller Awards at the Houses of Parliament. What does that mean, the Houses of Parliament? So I'm, uh, so Kindle have hired out, you know, I've been to the Kindle Storyteller Awards um, for the last four or five years. I'm on some marketing list at Amazon because uh, I did, I did a, a talk with them a few years ago and um, so they invite me every year which is very nice of them so you get um, you get to go to some fancy place they have the awards and then you have have, have some wine and canapes and um, it's all lovely so the, this time it's in the Houses of Parliament so basically they hired a room in the in the Houses of Parliament so we're going to actually go into the Houses of Parliament we've got to allow half an hour for security <laughs> and then uh, you know have a couple of hours where we can you get to talk to um, at people at Amazon just have a little bit of a jolly. 
Well, that sounds great. Are you going to be in the room where, what are they, what's it called, PMQs? Are you going to be in that one? Do you have to, like, wear, like, the, um, the fancy dress? I don't think it's in the chambers. <laughs> I don't think it's in the <laughs> chambers of Parliament, no. I think it's in a function room, but it is the Churchill room. So I'm, I'm guessing Winston was once in there. I, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm still going to ask it. Have you been to um, the Churchill bunker in London? I think you know the answer to that. However, I have, you'll be surprised to say here, been to the Houses of Parliament before, because if you are a British passport holder, you can just apply to your MP and then get a tour of the Houses of Parliament. And I, half of my degree was in politics, so I wanted to go, so I did. So, I got a, so I've been in the chamber, I've had a tour, and I've gone up Big Ben, because you can, again, you can only do that if you've got a British passport. Do you have two passports now? I do, yeah. I'm so pa- what perks do you get for having an Irish passport? I don't know. I, I, do you think you get a free trip around the Guinness factory? I don't know. I'm fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? To, so that's exciting. I'm going to that tonight, so I'll report back. And uh, in other fun news, I had a very exciting weekend. We went to see Susie Ruffle, who is a um, comedian who happens to be a lesbian as well. So it was great to show support for uh, other... Um, lesbian artists and she was playing Blackheath which is half an hour walk away so we had a lovely Saturday night out seeing her she's very funny if you ever get to see her and she also does a really good podcast called Out with Susie Ruffle where she interviews famous people about their coming out stories so that's a really good podcast and I listened to that and then on Sunday I went to see Erasure do you know Erasure? Wait Erasure the band? Erasure the band from the 80s? Yes okay that took a while yes of course I know like Wait, are they still around? They're still around. They're still alive. Still going. They're on. They've just released their 18th studio album, uh, and they played the O2, like the main O2. So, like, uh, if you don't know, the O2 is a massive concert venue in London, and I live a 25-minute walk away. Not the small venue that we went to see the country gig in, but the 20,000-seater venue, the massive one. Uh, and it was amazing. I went with one of my best mates. And, you know, Erasure, they have so much emotion tied up with their music because I was, you know, a, a teenager when all their stuff came out. And I think they had a, a I think they had a hand in me sort of realising my sexuality. You know, I kind of realised it, but it was the first time I'd been to a gig where somebody was so fucking gay and I loved it. Andy Bell and a tutu. Uh, so, and he is still, he still came on in a, in a corset with his nipple showing still brilliant still sound great and so that was a really good show and it was very joyful so it was it was a very exciting weekend that sounds fun can you refresh my memory what was their big hit the bit their biggest hits probably a little respect and then uh sometimes is the other one i'm sure i've listened to the i mean there was no way you could have the radio on in the 80s and not hear an erasure song no they had so they, they had 25 or 30 consecutive top 20 hits over here so they're huge over here uh, but I know a couple of Americans who said they were big in America as well. So, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to listen to them later today to uh, refresh my memory. But if, when you first said it, I was like, I have no fucking clue who this is. But then I was like, wait a minute, I think she's going back in time. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and they're still alive. But you know what I mean? They're they're an example of longevity and a great partnership. You know, they've been together uh, since the mid '80s. So, TB, imagine uh, they've been together since 1985, which is what what is that 40 nearly 40 years ago sometime sometime imagine do you think we're going to be doing this uh in let's say 2051 i have absolutely no idea imagine absolutely no idea 
I mean, what's the new, what, like, how long is podcasting going to be the thing, or what's, what's the next new thing that's going to come around? But imagine if we were still, if we were still doing some kind of iteration, and then people will go, what, the, the, the TB and Claire from the lesbians who write podcasts of the, of the, of the 2020s? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have a feeling, I mean, because, like, you're the, um, queen of British rom-coms, right? Yeah. Uh, I need a title. I need to work on a title. Yeah, you do. I don't know what my title is yet. Well, I'll workshop it, but yeah, we'll have to come up with something. But that sounds like a fun weekend. So you had comedy and music, which seems like the two things you enjoy a lot. Yes. Didn't your team win? Yes, a Tottenham win. So what a weekend it was. I mean, what else could you ask for, really? <laughs> <laughs> so let's go on to comments. What you got comment monitor? All right, first up we have Kayla who uh, found our books this year, and now Kayla has read almost all of them and is listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for the work that you do. I never, this is Kayla speaking, I never knew there was so much lesbian out there to read, and it's so affirming to be able to see myself as a lesbian reflected in books. I've been so inspired since I found this community, Now that I'm, and now I am writing a lesbian romance of my own. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. You're inspiring lesbian authors the world over. Yes, and Kayla, we wish you the best of luck with your own novel. I'm hoping that you'll be like Claire when you when you publish and you're just so zen-like. I mean, she's like sitting right now with like her head tilted back like she has no care in the world. <laughs> Next up, we have a comment from Emily who said, Can I take this opportunity to say how amazing you and Claire Lydon are? I love your podcast. You are both such brilliant humans to be giving others, others to benefit your own experience of writers. So maybe that's my new tagline, brilliant human. Could that be it? I think maybe let's keep workshopping, but it's a good start. It's a good start, good start. All right, that's all I have for comments. Do you have comments before I move on to Bias a Coffee? I do. Um, Shauna says, I just started listening to the Lesbians Who Write podcast. You both are too funny, and I appreciate your tips and thoughts. Thank you for sharing. You're very welcome, Shauna. Uh, good name. I might use that in a novel. Uh, and Tina now it says this one really made me laugh tv tina says firstly let me say i love your podcast and e and even listen to them when i can't sleep because my voice lulls her to sleep and she's sure she can't be the only one <laughs> now i'm not sure if that's a good thing so, or a bad thing but um i'm taking it as a compliment i did hear a few comments this weekend that it pretty much sucks that i'm not the british one <laughs> <laughs> because you have the much nicer voice <laughs> soz uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm here to get you to sleep if if it, if you need it, you know. Uh, just put on Lesbians Who Write. We serve many purposes. I, I'm not sure how to take that one yet. I'm going to have to. Yeah. I mean, are you this that boring? I'm going to go with you're that boring and it's not like your soothing English accent because I'm tired of you having like the nice accent. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just going to say you put people to sleep. Okay. For Bias a Coffee, Trudy uh, bought us a coffee and said, your podcast really helps me, um, is really helping me get ready to write maybe a novel. So, Trudy, if you are going to write a novel, we really hope uh, you listen to our advice because obviously we have never done a thing wrong in our entire writing careers. Not one thing. No. We've, we've never screwed up this job. No, we are perfection, TB. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, bringing a pen to a book signing. <laughs> You brought books, though. But I mean, you got you got you got part of it, right? I got I, I brought books, yeah. Well and I I showed up on time, so I got like two out of three. But um, Trudy, if you are writing a book, uh, we wish you the best of luck. It's it's a fun 
ride that is also can be frustrating but also very rewarding. Yes, it is. So we're going to move on now to our Ask Us Anything portion of the podcast. So um, thank you so much for all your questions. Uh, we had quite a lot in, so that's really nice. Um, and what we've decided to do is split it into two podcasts. So uh, we're going to do part one and part two. Um, so this is part one, and we're going to go with, first of all, all the questions that TB got asked. So if you asked a question of me, it'll be answered on the next episode. So for this one, I'm going to be reading the questions out to try and save TB's voice and uh, she's going to give me her answer and then I'll chirp in with my words of wisdom. Chirpy chirp, cheep cheep, right? And apparently your sexy voice. In my very sexy voice. I'll tell you what though, after Erasure on Sunday, there was a lot of, there's, there was a lot of singing. I did, I did make myself laugh though because, you know, I've been very careful COVID-wise, you know, I've been masking, I'm, you know, I'm still masking going into shops and restaurants and bars and then I go to a 20,000 <laughs> person concert and sing for two hours and so does everyone else. So uh, I'm not sure how that works, time will tell. So not the cleverest thing, however it was joyful. So uh, let's get on to the Ask Us Anything. So. Um, First of all, we've got uh, two questions that are fairly similar, so I'm going to put them together uh, and then um, we're going to give the answer. So Kim says, what was the most unexpected thing about becoming a full-time author other than spreadsheets? And Sherry says, what was the thing that surprised you the most, good or bad, when you began your writing career? I did a good and bad one. So I thought I would cover the spectrum on this one. The first one, which I was surprised at, isn't the best was I was surprised how tiring and taxing it is to write every single day. Like you would think this job would be pretty cushy because you're just sitting at a computer and like, I'm not like, you know, doing manual labor or anything, but I am physically exhausted at the end of each day. And that surprised me how um, tiring it is. Because, you know, uh, when you're writing fiction, you're always making decisions and um, you're always, your brain's always working. So it is very tiring. And then on the other spectrum, I decided to, what was one of the things that surprised me most, um, on the good spectrum, I'd have to say, uh, developing the friendships I have with other writers. I wasn't expecting that, but, um, I have some very dear friends now who are writers who I can talk to about how tired I am all the time, <laughs> but no. <laughs> I can confirm. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I didn't that coming I didn't see the bond I would have with other authors and it's it is a rather pleasant plus to being a writer I agree and it was one of my uh, it was one of my things that I wrote down as well because you know it's a very solitary job and I never expected there to be a community and actually for you to kind of have co-workers who you can chat with about being an author and uh, what you're doing and if you need help they can help you so um, I never expected that either so that was an upside Sherry and Kim in answer to your questions from me. One thing I didn't realise I suppose as well as that was that I would like doing the business side of things, working things out, how to get visible to readers, getting emails from them. It was pretty amazing. So that I would like to, I knew I liked the writing side of things, but that I would enjoy learning the whole process because it is a huge learning curve when you first start out. Uh, But that I would enjoy doing that and that I would make tons of mistakes, but it doesn't matter because everyone does it. But I'd say the bad thing, uh, the bad thing that would turn into a good thing was that when people first start buying your books, um, you're amazed that other people are reading them and liking them. And then you have to start 
telling yourself that you have to unlearn all the things that you've told yourself throughout the years. So I'd always told myself, because I'd always been a journalist, I'd always told myself that I wasn't, I would never be able to write a novel because my writing style was too journalistic. So I didn't think I'd be able to stretch it out over a, over a, a longer stretch. So, but I had to unlearn all that because actually I could write a novel, I did, and then I went on to write some more. So I think I've just about convinced myself that I can do it now. Just now. How Just many now. books do you have? Yeah. <laughs> book twenty <laughs> book twenty is the is the one. Is that why you're so zen like? You're like, oh, I got this finally. Like, oh no, I, I got think, this. Yeah. Thank you, Kim and Sherry, for making me realise that I can actually do this now. Alright, next question. Um Olivia says, I was curious um how you two met and became friends. And she says she loves a podcast. She looks forward to it every Monday. So T B, um do you want me to answer this one? Or do you want to? Well, I'm curious to see if we have the same answer. My, my answer is short, so I'll give that. According to my recollection, we started chatting via email when I was in Dublin, and I started planning sales for iHeartLesvic. And then when I moved back to London, we met up at, at a pub, and, and the rest is history. Is that is that the, is my memory correct? Your memory is spot on, yes. Uh, yes, we, we, ha- we had a, a back-and-forth email... Um, when you lived in Dublin and then when you said you were coming back I said let's meet for drinks because I'm always um, you know I'd, I, I like to meet IRL I'm quite old-fashioned like that uh, and so yeah and then as soon as we met up we didn't stop talking so um, there we go that's how it happened yeah I think we closed the pub <laughs> and then I stumbled back home <laughs> TB drank Guinness which I was like oh interesting but I, I guess you just come back from Dublin then right do you still drink yes, Guinness but- I do still drink Guinness, and I drank Guinness before I went as well. Okay. Guinness has just been my drink. I don't know why, besides it's delicious, but um, yeah, I, I've always been a Guinness drinker or cider. I will say, if you haven't had Guinness in Ireland, I highly recommend it, because it tastes even better there. They have really good water. Well, I'm looking forward to my free uh, Guinness tour, right? Uh, Giselle says, why are there so free productive social events and forums available for lesbians? Most social readers need to be focused on dating apps or going to a club, but I think more inspirational and educational outlets need to be visible for lesbian women. Interesting enough, I heard this uh, quite a bit over the past weekend when I was in uh, P-Town for Women's Week. Um, a lot of people were discussing the disappearance of lesbian meetup places like bars and, and bookstores, and I know she was saying, um, asking why it's more focused on like dating and stuff, which I see bars plays part of a role, but... Lesbian bars also gave a place for people to meet with friends and everything, so it wasn't all about the whole, you know, meeting up with people. But these these places are disappearing uh, more and more, and it is it's sad because um, I can't remember the the woman who owned Women's Craft was saying that like when she first opened up her shop, there was like two hundred stores of that kind, and now there's only like a handful, which is truly truly a sad situation. I don't know if it's part of the impact of social media where we now all can connect in Facebook groups and stuff like that or um, or if it's just a sign of the times right now where no one wants to be more educational or inspirational everyone just kind of wants to have fun because of all the stuff that's going on so I'm not sure what the issue is but it is something that has been brought to my attention several times within the past like five days so I thought this question was interesting I don't have an answer do you have an answer? No, but I think that I've had more emails in the past month from people asking exactly this question than I have had in about 
two or three years, you know, uh, just people's going, where do I go to meet women that isn't a bar? Uh, and, you know, there aren't very many bars left. So I think it's a, it's a real issue, but I don't have the answer. But um, I, I did just uh, answer this on a, on a, somebody Instagram me, um, direct message me. And I just said, you know, look out for um, online book uh, groups if you're a book, if you're a book lover or writing groups if you're a writing um, if you're a writing person if you're a writer you know and, and quite often these things can start off online but then you will meet in real life that's quite often how these things happen it's how it happened with with us team meeting right so we were just two writers who connected so um, you know d if you do want to meet IRL it sometimes has to start off offline first online online can that be my new label brilliant writing person yes no question from sherry do you collect anything uh, the answer for me is no um when i was child i did co collect rubbers or erasures erasers as you would say not erasure i didn't collect erasure many different versions of them erasers um but now i hate clutter so i uh, no no to collecting things i would like to throw it away if it's going to store dust it's in the bin i'm still curious about at what point in your life that you decided to stamp all stamp out all happiness at <laughs> what point did this happen to you <laughs> no i'm just kidding obviously being uh decluttered is your happy spot it is. um i on the other hand do collect things um i'm a huge disney fan so i have a lot of disney t-shirts and figurines also during covid um i started collecting gnomes i have a lot of gnomes now i have like over 20 of them and one of the reasons is every time I see one of the gnomes around my house, it makes me smile. And uh, this is the time where I need a lot of fucking smiles. So um, I surround my st myself with stuff that do uh, that does just bring a smile to my face. So um, Disney and gnomes, that's where I'm at right now. Okay. What, what's your most out there gnome? Do, are, are the gnomes like, are they in special outfits? I mean, what, what, what differentiates yeah, I'm them? I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I have I have like an Easter Bunny gnome, which is really cute because like he's like a grumpy gnome with like Easter ears. Uh, my most recent gnome is got a big spider on his hat because it's for Halloween. Uh -huh. So I mean they're all over the place. I, I I tend to collect them for each different season. So like you know, the spring I have a bee gnome that's absolutely just adorable. I mean a gnome dressed like a bee. I mean can you get cuter than that? Honestly, maybe I don't I'm, think you can. Maybe I'm gonna have to rethink my whole no no to collecting things and get a bee gnome. It's pretty cute. I'll, I can send you one. I know how much you'll love me if I send you one. <laughs> right. Uh, Kimberly says, I recently lost my editor, a friend of mine, who retired. She used to work for Simon & Schuster and handled all kinds of edits and proofreading for me. I'm in the process of hiring a new editor and need help with actual production steps needed to get the manuscript ready. Specifically, what needs to happen before the manuscript goes to the editor? Just quick bullet points. TB. Okay. Have you got bullet okay. points? I had a hard time answering this one because I don't have an overarching bullet point for all my manuscripts that are needing to go to the editor. But when I'm doing like the, the final reads of the thing, I, I do make a list of things I need to address, like how many times there's an eye roll, how many times there's this. So I come up with bullet points on that end, but I don't have, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't have like an overarching, like, this, is this done? Is this done? Is this done? And some of the stuff I just know because I've been working with my editor for so long. I, I already know that um, she prefers the document like in Times New Roman. Is that what it's called? Is that the font? Mm, yes. 
Times New Roman uh, 12 and everything has to be double spaced. Like, so some of the stuff I just set it up right away. I don't have a checklist. Do you have a checklist before you send something off? No, but I did come up with an answer for this one. I just said, I write my first draft. When I'm when I think I've got all the chapters in order, then I reread it on screen and edit, and I make notes as I go through that for things that need to be foreshadowed, mentioned later, any story twists and turns I want to put in, any forks or characters I want to take out or or add to. Then once I've done that edit, second edit, then I send it to my Kindle and read it through as a reader, and I normally get about five to seven hundred notes there. And then I go back and edit my third draft on screen, and then I run a spell check through it. Um, and then I send it to my editor. Another step you could go, use is uh, Pro Writing Aid. Um, that's a, that's something I'm considering um, working with because that will sort of pick up passive voice and, and repeated words and other things like that. That, you know, your editor should be picking up these things, but, um, you know, one person can't pick it all up. So, but that's generally, uh, that's my general process. Yeah, I think... I think we both go through that where we do have the because um, I know when you you do a read on your Kindle and you make all the notes and there's always like seven hundred of them and I I think I have that as well but I I, I write them down on a piece of paper. Okay. Um, but I think it's going to be different each time. But yeah, like yeah, you, you want to vary your word choice. You don't want to keep using the same word and s- certain things. I think we're just more used to now because we've done it a lot. Yes. So yes. we probably don't even think about it. Yes, that's true. You know, there are certain words and phrases that I know I overuse, so I will look for them. But there'll always be ones that you overuse um, in every book that's a new one. So, um, but you know, just make sure that everybody's not smiling and grinning and wincing and 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 eating custard creams because that is my default biscuit. So have a new biscuit, Claire. I also have certain words that I constantly get wrong. Like instead of elude with an e, I spell it elude which has a different meaning. I can't tell you right now because my head's full of um, sinus medication. But I also know to look for the certain words that I constantly get wrong. I always type back and forth, back and forth. And I think like certain things like that, but not that I catch them every single time because I also have my art team to help me. My art team's used to my, my idiocy. Sometimes we have competitions of what's the best typo. I thought you were going to say sometimes we have competitions as to uh, who's the biggest idiot of your art team. That would be a bit much, wouldn't it? I think I would win hands down. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd win that in pretty much all categories, no matter who I'm going up against. All right, well, we're going to stop it there. So um, there is what there is one set of questions from Cameron that we're going to uh, roll over to next week. So don't worry, Cameron, we, we have your questions. We will be coming to them. Join us next week for part two of Ask Us Anything. And do let us know if uh, anything's come up here that you would like to comment on, or if you've got any more questions, we'd love to hear from you. Um, We're always open for questions. We just like them, especially now. Do let us know. Comment on the website, (laughs) www.lesbianswhowrite.co... What is it? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Comment on the website, www.lesbianswhowrite.com. Email us lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com Facebook us, Twitter us at lesbianswhowrite and Instagram me and join us next week for part 2 of Ask Us Anything. Till then keep writing. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. 
Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write, or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.